This is episode 16 with Carmine Gallo. Welcome to the Capitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. Good morning, Capitalizers. What is going on today? It is a beautiful day. For me, it is 8 in the morning on a Saturday, getting my work done early so I can just relax this weekend. That's what it's about, right? Being able to just get a little bit of work done so you can just have the time, the freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do. That's what Appalize is about, and I hope that you guys are enjoying that. I hope you guys are enjoying your summer and being able to have that freedom that you want. Today we have a great episode. I have Carmine Gallo on. Carmine has a new book called Talk Like Ted, and the reason I had him on was a lot of people have come to me and said, I need to, I'm pitching, I'm, I'm bringing my idea to investors, I'm bringing my idea to friends. How do I do that properly? And a lot of this starts with how you are, how you're perceived, your story. So many people think it starts with the PowerPoint, and you'll hear Carmine talk about this in the in the conversation, that people think, let me build the best PowerPoint presentation there is, and I'll get millions of dollars. And, and in reality, that's not what it is. It's all about your story. You need to be able to present your story to these people. Get them to feel the way you feel about your product, right? Carmine will talk about that there's three big components here. There's the emotional, the novel, and the memorable. That's how people will invest in you. If you go in there, you could have a PowerPoint deck or a keynote presentation or a Prezi presentation with bells and whistles and explosions and whatever, but that doesn't mean that you're passionate about your product. That doesn't mean you understand the problem, and that certainly doesn't mean that you can take control of the room in order to present your product. Don't rely on your PowerPoints. Rely on your own personal ways. And Carmine gives some great tips, some good TED Talks to watch, which we'll put in the show notes later, and just like an all-out good way of like learning how to make these memorable presentations in the, to project yourself out there. Now, you'll hear us talk about, I, I usually tell people take a comedy class um, because it gets you used to feeling what the room looks like and, and being able to work the room that way. Uh, Carmine has some other tips. So I want you to listen to this interview with Carmine Gallo. What's up, everybody? I'm here today with Carmine Gallo, communication coach, author of a brand new book, Talk Like Ted, uh, amazing person to help us talk about how to communicate with people. Carmine. How's it going today? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, th- for me. thanks for being here. So, Carmine, communication coach, what, it, what does that mean to people? Yeah, it sounds like a broad definition. Uh, it's probably the best title I can have uh, because it's, very, it's, it's pretty specific to what I do, which is all communication. Um, I believe that the one skill that will really set people apart, whether it's entrepreneurs or even leaders within major organizations, is the ability to communicate their vision clearly and concisely and tell great stories and inspire people. For me, that all comes down to communication. So as a communication coach, I work with some of the top leaders in our country, uh, technology, healthcare, uh, automotive, consumer goods, on helping them tell the story behind their product. So it's it falls under messaging. We do a lot of messaging. Sometimes it's just uh, being able to deliver a, a 
better story, uh, a more compelling presentation. Uh, so that that all falls under communication coaching. But I don't. It, it's very hard for me to reach a lot of entrepreneurs one on one. Uh, it's usually some of the bigger brands, larger sales forces, things like that. So I like to. I write books. I write for Forbes.com. I do podcasts like yours here uh, to try to help. Uh, just your everyday entrepreneur who has a great idea and is looking to sell that I- sell that idea and how to articulate that idea. Right. So, so just for, just for the, everyone who's listening, right? You're on our podcast for entrepreneurs, but I mean, you speak at like I'm looking at your website. You have Coca-Cola and Cisco and LinkedIn and Pfizer and Intel, like these giant Fortune 100 companies, and here you are talking to us, the little entrepreneur who can. <laughs> well, you know, this is the fun part. Uh, you're absolutely right. It, you know, it's look. Let's be honest, okay? I mean, this is all your podcast is all about transparency, isn't it? You know, yeah. So, you know, it's the Coca Colas and the Chevrons and the Intels, and those are all clients I've worked with who have budgets. You know, I mean, right, right, right. Huge sales teams of thousands of people. Uh, so it's a little more cost effective to bring in a communication specialist who can work with large groups of people. Uh, rather than just one-on-one with entrepreneurs, so I have to. Re- but but uh, most of what I talk about is very uh, pertinent and relevant to entrepreneurs who need to learn how to tell a story, and they really can. So it, it's cool that I have this platform and I can share my ideas with your listeners. Right. So let's talk about that. How to tell a story. Uh, you know, a lot of people. That are that are capitalizers have these great products and great ideas, and they want to go pitch it to investors or venture capitalists or even their friends and family, anything to get a dollar. Um, and I've seen a couple great presentations, and I've seen a lot of bad presentations. What do people need to do to ha- to have the great presentations? Well, that's that's a broad question. There's a lot of different components to it. Uh, but before and before we go into those elements, let me just back up for a second because you talked about you know what do entrepreneurs need to know. First of all, they need to know what they don't know. Okay, and what they don't know is that many of them don't know how, that they don't know how to tell a story. Okay, okay, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> right, uh, you need to know your faults, and if you don't know how to tell the story of your own product, that's a fault. And let me tell you something that was very relevant. Just happened to me recently, several weeks ago. I was invited by Vinod Kosla, who is a billionaire uh, venture capitalist, one of the top venture capitalists in the country. And he invited me to talk specifically about storytelling to his portfolio companies. Now, these are portfolio companies that already have a significant amount of venture capital. So, and you know how hard it is to get venture capital, right. not just seed fund, not just angel funding, venture capital. And he looked out at that audience of about 120 CEOs and said, uh, you're all brilliant, which is why I invest in you, but very few of you know how to tell a story. And yet, if you were to ask them ahead of time, do, do you know how to communicate your story effectively, they all would have said, oh, of course, sure, sure we do. And yet, the guy who's investing in them is the one who says, you don't know how to tell a story. <laughs> That's <laughs> so harsh. I, you know, <laughs> So, you know, when you ask the question, what do, uh, what do appetalizers um, need to know, right? right. <laughs> Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah, yeah you got it. Um, it's the first thing they need to know is that most of them probably don't know how to communicate very effectively. 
You know, and and it's uh, I got to tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I talk to entrepreneurs and I ask them, "What do you do?" And they kind of look to their teammates and they look at each other, and in thirty seconds they can't tell you what they do, uh, which is pretty extraordinary. When the Google guys, Sergey Brin and Larry Page, walked into Sequoia Capital, and this is a true story, I know this is a fact because I've talked to the investors there. Uh, on a Friday, on a Friday, they were able to articulate the vision behind Google in one sentence. Google gives you access to the world's information in one click. Wow. Access to the world's information in one click. That just gave me chills. Isn't that, and it's, wow, that's like, in one sentence, you were able to articulate and summarize what you do. And that sparked a discussion among the investors. So they still needed more information, obviously, but it sparked the discussion, and they were intrigued. Uh, Well, tell us more. How do you do that? And uh, what's the technology behind that? But they got the vision in one sentence. And so ever, ever since then... Ever since then, they always ask their investors uh, or their entrepreneurs, tell me what you do in one sentence. Would you you say that's like the 30-second elevator pitch? (laughs) I think it's less than the 30-second elevator pitch, to be honest with you. Okay. (laughs) I I think it's either the 15-second elevator pitch, or I like to think of it as a Twitter-friendly headline. Uh, and this is the one element that we can really start focusing on because I want to give all of your listeners something tactical, something that they can use right now. Okay. Uh, the Twitter-friendly headline. I'm a journalist. My background is journalism. That's what I was trained to do. As journalists, what do we do? We have to, we have to write a headline. That, that's the, the most important part of the article or the blog post is that headline that captures your attention and summarizes the rest of the content in one sentence, typically very short sentences. It's not a tagline or a motto. A tagline is Coca-Cola, open happiness. That, that doesn't tell me what it is, right? It's just right. It's a tagline. That, that's not what I'm talking about. In one sentence of 140 characters or less, I'd like, to, I'd like to know what it is that you do. What is your product, your idea, your service in one sentence? Now, you might think that's kind of a silly exercise, but it's not, because Steve Jobs, who I I wrote an entire book on how Steve Jobs communicated, Steve Jobs would always spend one, he had one sentence that summarized every product that he introduced, one sentence. And there are sentences that are so ingrained in our, in our memory that we can even remember them to this day. Uh, You probably remember, what was the original iPod? Uh, music in your pocket. Yeah, one thousand songs. One thousand songs in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the pocket. I mean, it's tangible. It's like what one thousand songs in your pocket. Uh, my favorite though, uh, that gets overlooked was in two thousand eight. The MacBook Air was the world's thinnest notebook. Right. In one sentence, you get it immediately. Today, we're introducing the world's thinnest notebook. The rest of the presentation answered the follow-up questions. How thin is it? How did you make it so thin? What do you compromise by getting it so thin? You see, so as an entrepreneur, you need to ask yourself, how do I explain my product, my idea, my service in one sentence of 140 characters? I use Twitter as as an exercise. I think it's brilliant, 140 characters. If you cannot explain what you do in 140 characters, go back to the drawing board. Right. 
That's awesome. Okay, so if someone has the ability to say what they do in 140 characters, then what? (laughs) Well, most people are probably presenting uh, with PowerPoint slides. At least most of the investors that I know want slides. Okay. Um, I don't know about about you. Do you do a lot of PowerPoint or presentations? I, I do. I like Prezi. Yes. Okay. Good. It's, it's, it's the same concept. Um, and Prezi is very popular. I just wrote an article for Forbes on U2's Bono. And he did a brilliant TED presentation last year. And he used Prezi. Right. Beautifully done. So whether it's Prezi, whether it's PowerPoint, 90% of you know your listeners probably use PowerPoint. So I usually talk in PowerPoint. I happen to use Apple Keynote. The secret to creating a really compelling presentation is not to not to begin by opening the presentation software. Right. So think about that for a second. The worst thing to do and the most confusing presentation you're going to create is if you open PowerPoint before you think through your story. And yet that's what pretty much all of us do. Myself included, I still do this, you know. It's like, <laughs> "Oh, I've got a presentation to make. Okay, I'll open Keynote and start." Uh, that's actually the least effective way of telling your story because you you have to start with the story behind the product and the template doesn't really help you even if it's Prezi right I mean Prezi is really good for like relational content where you can see ideas and and how they intersect with each other so Prezi is pretty cool but it's still very difficult to just open the software and start writing right start in PowerPoint especially what does PowerPoint want you to do fill in bullet points that's the least effective way of transferring information. I've had that, I've had that problem before. <laughs> <laughs> I like to start with stories. I really like to start with storytelling, personal stories, case studies. You know, creating that uh, demand for that product or idea. Where does it fit in the world? I have I've helped uh, some entrepreneurs create some really fabulous presentations all by starting with stories. Uh, you know, what, 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 and just asking them questions like, why are you so passionate about this particular industry or this product? Or what is the problem that you were trying to solve? And some of them will have a problem, right? Like the Uber guys. The Uber guys actually started in, uh, at a LeWeb conference. I was at, at the LeWeb conference in Paris a few years ago when Uber started. And, uh, and they were standing in a, uh, they, they were standing in traffic. It was really hard to get from central Paris to where the conference was being held. There weren't easy, cabs easily available. And they said to themselves, wouldn't it be great if we could just dial up an app and have a car meet us? Right. Uh, and that's how Uber actually got started. So imagine pr- so you begin the presentation not with, here's our technology. It's called Uber. Here's what it does. Here's how it works. No, you start the presentation with a picture of two guys standing on a street corner in Paris. See, and then then that draws an audience in. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is kind of interesting. Tell me more. Because people love stories. People cannot ignore stories. In the book that I wrote, the one that you mentioned, Talk Like Ted, I did a lot of research into why these TED Talks, for example, and I'm sure all your listeners know the TED Talks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, why why are they so um, inspiring? What is it about the way they're created that really grabs you and gets you to, to listen and captures your imagination? Most of the, the best TED Talks, 65% of the content is storytelling. They're mostly stories. The data 
back up the story. So there's a lot of numbers and data and statistics, as you would imagine, especially by scientists. Uh, but they all start with stories. So stories are very, very important. Personal stories, uh, like the Uber guys, that could be a personal story. It could be a case study of what happened to another brand when they didn't take a certain uh, path, you know, things like that. So a story could be very wide open. Uh, but I just find it so much more effective to tell um, stories before you get into your product, into the details. Right. But at Intel, you know, I work a lot at Intel. We call it the speeds and feeds. You know, nobody cares about the speeds and feeds of microprocessors. They care about um, how that microprocessor is going to help them solve a problem with their smartphone, their 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 uh, tablets, or their computers. Right. You actually start with stories. You know, imagine this. You're sitting in front of your notebook computer, and you're doing this, and here's the problem. Uh, well, here's our solution. So actually, stories can start with a problem before the solution. So now, the the point of these stories, though, it's all well and good. I mean, everyone has a story about their product. Most people who are coming up with ideas or products and capitalizing, they're coming up with them from some reason, whether it's a, something they're missing at work or whatever, and I've done plenty of conversations with people about how to come up with ideas. But even with that story, do, does that make them a good presenter just because they can tell the story? Or is it there, or is there some other skill that's missing? Because I've told people, like people have asked me, like, how do you do presentations? And I say, go take a comedy class. Mm -hmm. um, like, are, are there other components that are teachable? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, when I say stories, uh, there are three big components that I think we need to talk about, okay? Any presentation has to be emotional, it has to be novel, it has to be memorable. When I, when I talk stories, that kind of handles the emotional part of it. So stories connect with people emotionally. But what about the rest of it? I mean, a presentation has to be novel. It has to teach people something new. It has to have something surprising. Unexpectedness is, is a big component of great presentations. Uh, it has to be memorable. So let me just break down the second one real quick. Like novel, I call it novelty. It has to have a surprise, unexpectedness. Steve Jobs was brilliant at this. In 2007, Steve Jobs introduces the iPhone for the first time. Well, the average presenter would have said, and today for the first time, Apple is going to introduce a new phone. We call it the iPhone, and here's how it works. That's what a typical presenter would have done because I'm launching a new product, so I'll talk about the product. Instead, Steve Jobs looks at it from a completely novel and unexpected perspective. And he walks out and he says, today I'm introducing three products, a new MP3 player, a new iPod, a, uh, a phone for the first time we're going to get into the phone business, and a new device that allows you to connect more seamlessly with the Internet. So I'm going to introduce an, iP uh, an iPod, a phone, and an internet communication device. And he repeated those three things several times. Finally, people started to you know, chuckle a little bit, and he said, aren't you getting it? <laughs> those aren't three devices. It's all in one device, and we call it the iPhone. That was the most memorable part of that presentation because it was completely unexpected. Everyone expected three devices from Apple. So you got to think about how do I deliver content in a way that is completely unexpected and surprising and shocking you know sometimes shock or fear something completely out of the ordinary will grab people's attention um, 
Bill Gates has been doing this quite a bit. Bill Gates has really transformed himself into a phenomenal presenter. Go to TED.com and watch the last, he, he's done two TED Talks. They're really well done. But in 2009, he was talking about malaria and the, how malaria is spread. And what he did is he said, and as all of you know, malaria is spread by mosquitoes. So he walks to the front of the stage where on a small table there is a jar of mosquitoes. And he says, I happen to have brought some mosquitoes here. Uh, there isn't any reason only poor people should have the experience. And he opened, you know, so in other words. Wait, he, was, he opened the jar in front of the entire audience? Mosquitoes. Go to TED.com. You got to see this. Um, I would and, like freak out and run out of the room. Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> he opens this jar of mosquitoes and everyone, first of all, everyone is in shock. You got to watch the reaction of the audience, which you can see pretty clearly. First, there is like, no one says anything. Because it's completely out of the ordinary. It's like, they're saying, well, wait a minute. I thought this guy was giving a PowerPoint deck. What's going on? He's releasing mosquitoes. And then there's like a little chuckling. And then people start laughing. They start laughing. And then they start cheering. And then they start applauding. Because they knew that, wow, this guy just give us a, did something so out of the ordinary that we'll never forget it. Right. So now a lot of people ask me, oh, well, I can't release mosquitoes. I know that. You <laughs> idiot. You're not going to release mosquitoes or other insects. I get it. But the point is Bill Gates is thinking, how do I uh, transfer complex information in a way that grabs people's attention, that's different, that's unexpected, that's novel, that's emotional, that's memorable? You know, you really got to think through how am I going to deliver the information behind the story. So you got to have that moment in a presentation. Uh, and honestly, you don't, that moment isn't created, that wow moment. That jaw, I call it a jaw-dropping moment. That one water cooler moment when people say, wow, that, that's cool. I never thought of something that way. I'll never forget it. You cannot do that if you just start by opening up the PowerPoint deck. And fill in the blanks. So do you think that like those kind of moments, I mean, these are all obviously well prepared. I know I, I know about Jobs and his ways he used to do his preparations for the Macworld mm-hmm. um, shows. And actually, I got to see – I flew in that when you mentioned the MacBook Air. I, my first Macworld was in 2008 and I flew in and I landed while that presentation was going on. So when I arrived – he was walking out, so I got a, a really grainy picture of him. But um, <laughs> uh, you had a sighting. There was a Steve. It Jobs was a Steve Jobs sighting, and I got to get a picture. And like, you can't really see it's him, but like, you could like outline it. It's like the Alfred Hitchcock of Steve Jobs kind of thing. <laughs> but in either way, um, like he used to be uh, Guy Kawasaki did a presentation f- um, at a conference I was at one time, and he talked about Steve's way he did presentations. Mm-hmm. Not only the power, not only, well, he used Keynote, but like not only like the colors and the flow or whatever it is, but that he was meticulous about how many times he rehearsed it to get the lights right and to get the feeling right and stuff like that. Yeah. No. Okay. Look, that's, that's the extreme, but it still carries a lesson for all of us. Nobody practices. Nobody rehearses. And I can say that from the top levels. I mean, I work with leaders who are running companies whose products you know, you use, uh, that, that are behind the technology behind Skype right now. You know, If you're on LinkedIn, I worked with LinkedIn pre-IPO um, it, to help them create uh, better stories when they were presenting to potential customers and clients. Right. Uh, so I, 
nobody nobody practices nobody practices until they understand that these presentations are often mission critical and that how you connect with people through a presentation can really take your brand your your uh, you know, your sales to the next level. So it really is a matter of practicing quite a bit. I actually worked with a, um, well, I, I can say the way, I can say who he is because he's retired now, uh, this, the founder of SanDisk. Uh, SanDisk is a very important company to all of us. They pioneered flash memory. Right. Uh, so your digital camera, your MP3 player, you know, your, your notebooks now, uh, you know, thank you, Ellie Harari, who is one of my clients at Sandisk. He prepared for a a, a CES talk. Uh, you know, CES, the yeah, consumer. yeah, the, the electronic show in Vegas. Yeah, you know, big big product launch, big product announcement. I, I think he had a uh, there was some kind of computer glitch with his uh, with a uh, PowerPoint, and he had practice. He had rehearsed it, you know, for many many weeks. And he just kept going, you know, like nothing had happened, and nobody in that audience knew any better. Nobody. They just loved that new product, and he told the story behind the product and started with a few slides. Slides ended. Nobody realized it was a glitch. Uh, and then later he sent me an email. He said, you know, if I hadn't have rehearsed it, I'm not sure what I would have done. I would have just kind of froze up there. Uh, so it, that reminded me that very few people actually practice enough uh, as much as they should. Well, you can compare that if you want to go back to Bill Gates to yeah. one of the president. I don't forget which one it is, but like one of the presentations that Bill Gates was like, and we're introducing, I think it was like Windows XP or something like that. And like mm. the computer crashed like right in front of them during the presentation. And back then he wasn't such a great presenter and he kind of froze up on stage. Oh, interesting. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. it's something like that. I mean, don't hold me, but I yeah. like that would never happen to Jobs or I don't know about Tim Cook, but. Yeah. Jobs specifically would that would never fly. Not to mention heads would roll if anything like that ever happened. But um, <laughs> hey, speaking of Apple, real quick, if, if your listeners and yourself, if you want to watch one of the great corporate business presenters right now, someone who's current, who, who's maybe under your radar, the VP of Engineering at Apple, Craig Federici. Yeah, Craig Federici. He's actually he had seventy percent of the last uh, Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, and it's on the front page of Apple.com. You go there in the video of the presentations on the front page. Uh, he, it, he, he, had, he had 70% of the presentation. He is awesome. He is as close to Steve Jobs as I have found in anybody right now. Wow. He, is, he is funny. He is polished. Uh, his demonstrations are awesome, and they're quick. They're like two-minute demonstrations of, of a particular feature. And then he goes back to the slides, and, he, and he's funny, and he's humorous, and he's engaging. He's got great body language and energy. Then he goes back to a demonstration, and it's just seamless. He's a real rock star when it comes to presentations. Well, so let's talk about him for a quick second, because I watched the presentation, and the jokes seemed rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, they were a little. They were a little like dad jokeish, cheesy. So maybe that uh, that was I, part of it. I agree with you. I I agree with you that some of the jokes seem a little rehearsed. So this is perfect because you saw that. Look, he is a vice president of engineering. This is his. He hasn't done too many of these big public presentations right now. He will come into his own. Um, he is, you know, when, when Steve Jobs first started doing these big public presentations, they were a lot more stiff than they are, than they were near the end. Okay. Right. A lot more stiff. Uh, that is a big thing to do. 
it's scary, right? So I wouldn't doubt, because I've not worked with him, but I would not doubt that he over-rehearses. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. they almost seem like uh, kind of unnatural, kind of stilted, a little stiff. Right. Uh, so there was a little of that. But if you'll remember, how did he introduce the new OS ten Yosemite? Uh, he introduced it by talking about, by making fun of the product uh, marketing team that comes up with new names for their products. Oh, right. He mentioned the, they, they were doing the map and they went up and I think they mentioned something about like a bunch yeah. of them got high and then yeah. they drove down or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, one of the names that we toyed with, was, and he had a map up in Humboldt County in California where all the marijuana comes from, right? You know, right. <laughs> And he said, yeah, first we came up with OS Weed. Right. There was a lot of support with that, you know, among our department. But for you know, but that didn't really take hold. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I remember. Well, it's it's well, the reason why I liked it to be honest is because who can take the name of a product and make it funny, right? You know, and actually turn it into like a really humorous thing. Uh, rather than just saying, and we call it this, you know, most business presentations, you have to understand, I'm sure you know this, are really dull. Uh, mm -hmm. They are just confusing, convoluted, boring. They're not entertaining. You got to give them credit for right. really trying to make something fun and engaging and, you know, different and different. So the people, so the, I think what a good takeaway is, um, as we start to come to the end of this would be that people need to practice and people need to tell a story and people need it to be entertaining. If you can create a presentation that informs, educates, okay, that's what stories can do too. Educate. Tell me the problem that you're trying to solve. So inform people of the content of the idea, educate people, inspire them to think differently about their world and, ha and inject some entertainment. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian, although I like, the f I I like your suggestion uh, to be more comfortable in front of groups to you know, take some stand-up comedy courses. Wow, what a, fabulous, uh, what a fabulous idea to get over your nervousness and, yeah. to, uh, and to own a stage. So entertainment is a part of that. So I like to think of it in several parts. Great presentation should inform, educate, inspire, you know, kind of give me those goosebumps and entertain me to an extent. And you can't entertain if that's all you do is create slides of bullet points after bullet points. That, that's not entertaining. Now, poking fun at your product marketing group and how they came up with a certain label for new product, that's entertaining. That's kind of fun. Hey, and look, like you suggested, some jokes may go over better than others, but at least this attempt to engage people and put a smile on their face uh, is certainly better than just giving me 120 slides of bullet points. Right. Maybe Craig needs to take that comedy class so you can learn what jokes <laughs> to work with. That's hard. You got to be careful with jokes. I yeah. mean, I actually don't recommend you start with a joke because I've seen really skilled presenters kind of blow that joke in the beginning. And then yeah, they don't... and then it's all downhill. Yeah. yeah, but I love the fact that you got to own it. You know, you really have to own the stage. And what better, uh, what better practice than maybe to take a comedy course or something like that? Yeah, I think I inadvertently fell into it. I uh, I went to UCLA, and I took drama, and I was actually in theater for a while. That wasn't my major, but I did a couple of plays and stuff. Man, I really had to get over stage fright back then. Right. 
Uh, that, so, yeah, inadvertently, you know, you look back and say, oh, yeah, that really did help me. I didn't know it at the time. So other than the uh, the Bill Gates TED Talk, what would be, or the Craig for the, the WWC, what would be one great presentation that capitalizers and entrepreneurs should watch to get a feeling of all these ideas that you're, you're putting out today? Sure, I'll give you two because they're they're famous and they're easily available on YouTube. Uh, let's go back to 2001. Um, watch, uh, watch Steve Jobs introduce the iPod for the first time. Steve Brilliant! Jobs I mean, the, the way he um, he talked about yeah, Steve Jobs iPod 2001. Brilliant. Um, but my favorite presentation of all time, if you only had one business presentation to watch, it would be the 2007 introduction of the iPhone. It's, uh, I think it's about a 90-minute segment. Uh, I think the whole thing was about 90 minutes. Uh, so you don't have to watch the whole thing, but certainly the, the first 10 minutes is all you need to know. Right. The first 10 minutes were brilliant. Watch, look at the slides, the way the slides were developed, very clean images. Uh, he introduces a villain, just like a great, uh, a great play or a great book introduces a villain before he introduced the, the product. The villain was the current category of iPhone de- or of smartphone devices and the problems that they had, problems that you didn't even know you had. That was the, that was the genius of Steve Jobs, right? Right. <laughs> he introduced us to problems we didn't even know we had until he, until he outlined them. Uh, so the 2007 introduction of the iPhone is absolutely brilliant. All right. Well, I'll, I'll throw links up for that in the in the show notes. Carmine, thanks so much for being here. Where can uh, where can people find you online? Easiest is just if you can remember my name. You know, it's a good Italian name. So uh, Carmine Gallo, C A R M I N E G A L L O. Uh, that'll get you to my main site, which will take you into the books and other content. Carmine so, uh, uh, Gallo Communications dot com. No, Carmine. Just go to my name. Oh, CarmineGallo dot com. Yeah, CarmineGallo dot com. I will have all of that up in the show notes. Carmine, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you bet. Thanks for inviting me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Did I not tell you that was going to be a great interview? Carmine's advice is so pertinent for so many people. Whether you're talking to investors, groups of people, or you're doing a presentation, or even if you're just pitching it to your family to see if they even like the idea, you still need to be able to tell the story. Carmine mentions these three things, inform, educate, inspire, no, I guess four things, and entertain. And some of the presentations that he mentioned, like the Bill Gates and the Mosquito thing and Steve Jobs releasing the iPhone, those are great presentations to watch. Not to emulate, because you need to find your own styling, but to be able to understand how these people can work the room, as we say. And there's nothing that's stopping you from being able to do this too. Make a speech. Practice it. Practice it again. Practice it some more. Make sure it's funny. Make sure it's memorable. Make sure it's novel. These core elements will help you become a better speaker. And becoming a better speaker and being able to communicate your idea will make you a better entrepreneur. So I really, really want to thank Carmine for all his uh, his great work and his great advice. And I think you guys really need to listen to it again. You know what? Just stop here, <clears throat> start the podcast over, and listen to it again because it's just it's just so powerful. So 
Thanks, Carmine, for being on here. And thank you for everyone for the emails and the comments. I love it all. Uh, if anyone's going to be at South by Southwest Venture to Venture coming up in July, July 13th through the 16th, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be interviewing a couple people, doing some uh, maybe live shows. I don't know. We'll see how the laptop handles the editing. And uh, we'll do some Q&As and stuff like that. So come find me there, South by Southwest, at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas, the 13th through the 16th. I'll be there. Trust me, you'll be able to find me, even with a very large crowd of people. So that's it for this week, guys. Get out there, capitalize on your idea, make something come real. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the show notes, shoot me an email. I'm here for you. Best of luck.